Welcome to Keep Them Coming with Open the Doors Coaching. I'm your host, Kristen Thomas. I'm a relationship, dating, and sex coach based in Kansas City, and I just love to talk to people about what goes on in their sex lives and relationships. I also enjoy a good conversation about love, activism, or making change in the world. Be warned, you should probably be 18 and over, and probably also listening on your headphones. Thanks for tuning in. You might notice that today's episode is a little longer than normal, and that's for good reason. I did the interview with Shelly Fritz originally in February, and life's changed a little bit. So what I have at the end of today's episode is a follow-up interview. I've never done this before, but I thought it was worth it because Shelly had discussed some things that she had coming up with some workshops, and obviously life's changed. So... Shelly is a holistic healer. She's a coach. She focuses on helping people find clarity. Uh, She's also a cannabis coach. She's writing a book. We talked about, of course, two of my favorite topics, which is sex and cannabis. We discussed how it can help postmenopausal women, uh, people who have painful intercourse, painful periods. Cannabis can absolutely add to your sexual experiences. And we talked about some of the ways to do so. And we got into talking about the difference between using cannabis as a drug to get high versus a medicine. Shelly is also a vegan. So we discussed ways that a plant-based lifestyle can enhance your sex life. This conversation was phenomenal. So I think that you're going to want to listen to the entire thing. Break it up into a couple sessions if you need to. Let me know what you think. I'd love to hear back from you. Kristen at OpenTheDoorsCoaching.com is my email or send me a direct message on any of my social media channels. Please rate, like, and subscribe this podcast and share it with anyone that you think might benefit from hearing it. I always love and appreciate hearing from my listeners, especially right now when we're all practicing social distancing. Call it physical distancing. We can still keep socializing. We just got to find different ways to do it. So if you want to reach out, please do so. For anyone that might be interested in coaching sessions with me, I am now offering 30-minute and 60-minute virtual sessions. I can coach you from anywhere thanks to technology. I work with couples and singles. Again, shoot me an email if you would like some more info. All right, on Keep Them Coming with Open the Doors Coaching today, I am joined by Shelly Fritz. So hey, say Kristen. hi. Thank you so much for being on my show. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. So tell me a little bit more, tell us more about how you describe yourself. Ooh, that's an excellent question. I am a holistic healer, and I help people get unstuck and move forward with clarity into thriving health. I'm also a cannabis coach who helps people who don't know where to start, so That's what I'm focused on is helping people just move into thriving health and enjoy their lives. That's awesome. So Missouri is about to have some shifts here. We've approved medical cannabis. 
not medical marijuana. It's medical cannabis. We want to call it the right thing, right? Absolutely. Um, because cannabis is about um, health and medicine. So this isn't just about a bunch of stoners who can finally get high without worrying about the cops. Exactly. So. Um, Weed the People is a fantastic documentary if your listeners haven't heard of that. Weed the People. Correct. Okay. Ricky Lake actually co-produced it. Ah. And it really shows the necessary and vital benefits of cannabis for medical patients and especially in some severe children's illnesses. So Mm -hmm. uh, when I learned about that, it made me that much more passionate and realized that I had to do something about it because it's vitally important for a lot of people. Yes, it is. So now that it will, actually, I just heard on the radio the other day that we can probably anticipate being able to go into a dispensary in June. Excellent. Um, That's what everybody's been saying. So that's great to hear. Yes, I am very excited to be able to walk into a dispensary and get what I need. Um, as someone who has chronic pain from having literally busted their ass a couple of years ago, um, but also some, some PTSD from a, a workplace shooting. So yeah, between those two things, I'm an avid cannabis user. Not that I wasn't a cannabis user before that, but, um, you know, I had some aches and pains before then and, um, anxiety. So it's just going to be nice to have more variety that it won't just be about combustible cannabis. That there's going to be things like tinctures and oils and salves and, you know, vape pens, all of the things that, um, yeah, there's just going to be options that will make sure that people get the best delivery method possible based on what they're needing it for, right? Exactly. There's so many different uses for cannabis and so many different ways of intaking cannabis. And it's really up to the individual and what works best for their body. So that's definitely important to keep in mind for everyone out there who's looking to potentially use cannabis medicinally. It can be a little bit of a trial and error process, but it's um, safe. It's not lethal. It's just wise to approach it uh, with with caution, respect, and enjoy the the process of learning. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just like any medicine, right? Exactly. I mean, that's really actually going to be like helping you. So there's... Medications that don't, but there's medications that do. So um, how did you go about, I mean, this is an industry, I know, and I have another friend here in town who's also um, finished her certification. Um, I think you went through two different processes. So tell me about the process you went through. And I get asked this all the time as a sex coach. How did you become a sex coach? So how do you become a cannabis coach? That's an excellent question, Kristen. So I went through a program called Holistic Cannabis Academy. It's an online program that really includes some of the best science in the world around cannabis, some of the leading experts. So that's exciting to be a part of because as long as cannabis has been around for thousands of years in Vedic medicine and Ayurvedic medicine and Chinese medicine, how we're approaching it from a Western perspective is a little bit different. And that's not necessarily bad. It's just opening up some new possibilities of learning and exploring. And so anyway, I completed the program with Holistic Cannabis Academy became a holistic cannabis practitioner, mostly surely out of the passion of my own heart and knowing how much it's served me well and got me through a really severe autoimmune condition that Mm. I was diagnosed with when I was 15. And I was really heavily medicated on immunosuppressant drugs, steroids, Mm. corticosteroids. My GI even put me on antidepressants, even Mm. though I never went to therapy or had any diagnosis of any kind. He just, you know, said it was stress related. And so I was on this just cocktail of pharmaceuticals that really really kind of wrecked my body and just mm-hmm. made me That's doubt myself. Do, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and, and things that, you know, it's really serious to be on for a long period of time. And so it's important, you know, 
I've been going through this too, where I'm learning that I'm really coming into my own now. And I think for people who have gone through something like that, when you're on those kind of pharmaceuticals for that long, and everybody has their own process and their approach, and I certainly don't advocate getting off pharmaceuticals, um, especially without doctor supervision. Mm -hmm. However, I think it's important to know that, you know, sometimes we're not always our full selves and, and able to be our best selves when we're in a situation like that. So it's mm-hmm. good to just have compassion for ourselves and, and work through that and heal as best we can and give ourselves grace in the process. Yeah. But, you know, it's cannabis really saved my life. And I feel like it would be inauthentic of me not to show up and express that to people because without that, I wouldn't be able to do the healing work I do or the educational work and really help people and just be myself and be present and be healthy. I'm completely healthy now. I'm not yeah. on any pharmaceuticals. I, I am I'm healthier than I've ever been, and I know the ceiling on that is unlimited. So I'm really excited to see, you know, how how I can help other people bring their health to an optimal level and continue that path myself. That's awesome. Thank I'm, you. I'm totally with you. I've gone through periods in my life where I say that a lot of my health issues were were psychosomatic. It was my mental health playing out physically onto my body. When I was young, it was migraines. Um, then it became gut health issues. Um, actually that started in high school. Um, times when I was super, super stressed, it turned out, you know, it was the diagnosis of irritable bowel. Um, then it became the migraines. Then it was like, I had an issue with my gallbladder for a while. I got shingles seven times. Yeah. Yeah. And I was, I was, yes, using cannabis during that time, but not regularly. There wasn't consistency. It wasn't the quality that it is today. Um, and again, since I was only really using it recreationally. Um, and that's a really important point. There is a um, pretty significant difference in approach to just saying, oh, it's just cannabis in any form versus, you know, it's not like wine. It's not like, oh, there's just kind of different variations. It's mm-hmm. really a significant significantly wider spectrum with cannabis and what cannabis can do Mm -hmm. and for people to really have that choice and not only that but make sure that they're consuming safely there Mm -hmm. are a lot of issues in the industry with pollutants and Mm -hmm. and other Mm -hmm. things that you know might compromise the quality of medicine that people are getting so that's just one more reason why um, you know even in Kansas I know they're looking at some options there but it's really important to have whole plant medicine as Mm -hmm. an option with cannabis yeah I never really got what I was looking for um, until I really turned to cannabis and treated it like the medicine that it is for things like depression and anxiety and body pain. That also reminds me just in that, that spirit of how to approach cannabis in Vedic tradition and Ayurvedic tradition, it's really about the intentionality around cannabis. And of course that also goes into the growing process. So really having a pure loving intention with cannabis opens up the possibilities for healing with cannabis in ways that are unprecedented. So even, you know, for people who are experienced cannabis users, really approaching it with that level of respect and understanding that this plant is consciously working to help us heal Mm -hmm. and it reflects things back to us too, right? So if we're maybe not in the best space in life, it's going to show us that in a loving way so that we can see that and make adjustments and, and really get on the path that's aligned with love, which is really how we how we, you know, can walk around the world and be free beings and live our best lives. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's a really amazing thing to start to venture into. And the other thing about cannabis is it relates to sexual health as well. I was going to say, can we please yeah, talk about cannabis Yeah, and here, sex we go, here we go, here we go. I also had a mind-blowing sexual experience last night. Nice. And we had, you know, used cannabis beforehand. And he was even like, God, 
sex when you're high just feels so good. Yeah, like, so it? a couple of things with that. So cannabis really does seem to be a plant that is geared more towards women in different ways. So postmenopausal women and mm-hmm. also for women's sexual health. Mm-hmm. I've heard it said a few times from a few different people that usually it's recommended that men stop consuming cannabis about a half an hour before sex. Mm-hmm. Uh, women <laughs> can just go Smoke whenever. go wild. Yeah, so that's the thing. It's um, about. Hmm. Yeah, it was about like 30, 40 minutes before when we smoked. Yep. Okay, perfect. Good to know. We did it right. Okay, cool. And the other wonderful thing that I have been learning about cannabis and sexual health is cannabis really works in three different ways. Um, it it has many spiritual benefits as well as sexual health benefits and physical health benefits potentially for uh, people in certain circumstances. One of the things that cannabis is able to do is to channel our sexual energy up our spine. So Mm. it really is we can work with cannabis to direct our kundalini energy and transmute it spiritually. Some really amazing, liberating, powerful things can happen when we do that. And it's not limited to one or the other or either or. A couple other ways that cannabis can be utilized for sexual health is organ restorative. This again goes back to the intentionality around cannabis. So if you have that intention that it's benefiting your body and nurturing your, you know, especially for women, their womb space Mm -hmm. or transmuting it into spiritual energy. And that is our creative life force. So we create our lives through that, which is really incredible. And then, of course, the third way that we can utilize cannabis for sexual health is through sexual experience. And that also, I've realized, constitutes our creative energy as a whole. We can hold that intention that we are literally creating our best life, that we are aligned with love, and that we can express our sexual energy through everything in our lives, and that includes in our relationships. So it's really unlimited in terms of how we can create and gain our health to another level of beauty and just sustenance. There's so many things I could say about cannabis and sexual health, but um, it's just really important to keep that in mind that there's so many ways that cannabis can be utilized for sexual health. And I think that is also relevant to people wherever they're at in life. If they're Mm -hmm. not in a relationship right now, maybe they're taking some time to heal Mm -hmm. and they just need Mm -hmm. a little bit of space and maybe they're not sure how to manage their sexual energy in that context. Um, even in a, a, you know, a degree of a period of celibacy, maybe even you can really utilize cannabis to help you navigate that in a gentle, loving way and still really get to know yourself and have um, just some beautiful, amazing experiences without even what we traditionally think in the West as engaging in physical sexuality, which mm-hmm. is really incredible and liberating. Yes. Yes. I've tried to have some of the conversations with people about how I feel cannabis enhances our sexual experiences. And I've had some people give some pushback to be like, well, you're just letting go because you're just high. And I'm like, well, but you're relaxed. It's, it's, you know, high is that term that people tend to use about quote unquote drugs. Call it high, call it stone, whatever. Like there's so many different ways that you can feel on cannabis depending upon how much you're taking. How do you take it? Um, you know, if you eat an edible and it like kind of kicks in slowly and, th- and things like that, but I I try to help people understand. um... That's a really important point. And I think it goes to the education that really needs to happen around cannabis. And there is some science that's really relevant and I think people would benefit Mm -hmm. from being aware of, which is part of the educational work that I'm currently embarking on and, and teaching a variety of classes around. So cannabis is 
it's designed to work with our bodies. So our bodies have an endocannabinoid system mm-hmm. that is natural and inherent to our physical human nature. Yeah. And in fact, it's actually the most populated receptor system in our bodies. We just don't have it in our medical system in terms of education of doctors and, and other professionals dealing with this. So it's a integral part of who we are as human beings and we can use cannabis to help upregulate our endocannabinoid system. Now with that being said, there are many natural ways to upregulate our endocannabinoid mm-hmm. system. Okay. So cannabis isn't the only way. Things like sex, chiropractic work, acupuncture, exercise, eating dark leafy greens, all the things that we already know are good for us also enhance our endocannabinoid system. So I think a lot of the stereotypes and the mythologies around cannabis, the lack of knowledge about terminology regarding cannabis, Mm -hmm. just like sexual health, Mm -hmm. it's hard to talk about something when you don't know the terminology. So putting language to things can be very empowering. I think if people really understood that this is very much a natural part of who we are, and of course, cannabis is not for everybody. That's absolutely an important point. However, that it's absolutely something that can help a lot of people with very minimal side effects. Mm -hmm. And those side effects may include a feeling of maybe being high. But another interesting point from the Ayurvedic perspective is that we can, if we're channeling our energy so clearly with cannabis, we don't even necessarily feel that. We feel uplifted, elevated, clear, spiritually aware, and we don't have to necessarily even have that feeling of being stoned or high. That mm-hmm. really comes from a more stoner culture perspective, which yeah. I don't, the no judgment whatsoever. I completely And there's understand. times where I just smoke weed to get exactly. stoned with my friends. Like it's, it's totally it's okay. time and it's place. Yeah. But. And, and that's okay. It's just, if we're looking for the maximal medicinal benefit, there are certain things that we can approach with a, a more informed perspective to, to get that. And it's, it's really only an issue when that is perpetually dependent upon without any other physical activity or health enhancing behaviors. Mm-hmm. And then it and then it can become unhealthy, which is yeah. completely the case for most things, right? Absolutely. Anything it. in exactly. excess or just done like, yeah, not properly. It, exactly. It, yeah, it so it's just, it's some common sense stuff and just a matter of education and people being aware that there are a lot of options of how to work with cannabis. And we're really opening up just a whole new world here in Missouri Mm -hmm. in terms of what that looks like. And I'm excited to see the culture that's forming around it. There's caring about people bringing this holistic lifestyle movement together. And uh, it's exciting. Yes, I agree wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly. So you mentioned something earlier I want to come back to talking about uh, how cannabis can help, especially women when they're postmenopausal, uh, and, you know, there's some, some things, too, around how cannabis can help with painful periods, painful sex. So I want to talk about that a little bit. Absolutely. So. One thing that did pop to mind, just to give people a heads up, if you are postmenopausal or on any hormone replacement therapies, it's good to not smoke cannabis. So uh, vaporization is a much better option if you still want the inhaled cannabis experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just one thing to, that could increase blood clots and things like that that you want to well, avoid. Well, it's just like so. when you're on birth control, you shouldn't be smoking Exactly. So same thing with birth control as Mm -hmm. well as hormone replacement therapies with Mm -hmm. cannabis as well. Yes. That's why I I like vape pens and edibles much better than I do combustibles because um, I was on hormonal birth control for a long time. Not now, but but yeah. Okay. So on a personal note, um, painful periods, dude, painful periods get me. Yes. Um, 
like you, I, when you walked in the door this morning, I was like, I am sorry, but like I just started my period this morning and I ended up having to do cannabis and then CBD cream on both my stomach and my back and take to my doll. <laughs> Like, just the cocktail. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we discussed, I tend to just load myself up with some herbal teas when I'm on my cycle as soon as I know it's starting. Mm -hmm. um, I try to catch it now, you know, a day or two early and, and start utilizing cannabis and some other, you know, just herbal, you know, nettles, raspberry tea, chamomile. Uh, I wish I, I know you're not a tea, tea drinker. I wish I could get it's into just tea. So good. I really do. Like, yeah. Uh, and I always, I, in fact, I would prefer not to take any NSAIDs or anything else. So mm -hmm. I, um, I've really learned to utilize cannabis for painful periods. It's something that not a lot of women are actually doing, which is so unfortunate because there's so much potential there. It's not that it always gets rid of all of the pain, but it can help you work through it. One of the other things is, and uh, I know in Native American traditions, some women were actually, you know, respected enough to be able to take their periods off and other people would tend to the things that they would normally do. And I know I'm generalizing a little bit here, but the idea of respecting women and understanding and honoring the importance of when we're on our cycle and the cleansing and healing that can take place that really creates balance in the world as out there as that may sound it's so important that we start understanding and respecting what women can do so and as not much just as not just being a vulva vagina owner exactly. penis owners need to know about menstruation and periods Absolutely. and all the things that come along with it and we're Absolutely. so much better. So I, I do my best if I can to kind of take some time at the start of my cycle because that's always the most painful for me to just let myself have some spiritual nurturing time. I know that's not feasible for everybody or all the time for myself as well. But cannabis can really help um, just, you know, understand what, you know, what's causing that pain emotionally and mentally and letting it go and let it process out. And cannabis has the scientific benefits to be able to to do that in not just a physical sense in terms of the, you know, cannabinoids or the terpenoids or anything else that's working at a receptor level. There's all of these spiritual benefits. There's all of these emotional, mental benefits potentially for people who it's appropriate for to really learn what their cycle is communicating to them and let it go so that they can really have less painful periods. That's one of the things that I've been able to do over the course of time is have less painful periods pretty much almost in a linear fashion. The more I take that time to myself and the more I utilize cannabis for health enhancing purposes and stick with my teas and the things that I know work to really help relax the womb and feel better mm -hmm. it I have less in less painful periods I have one that hits like really quickly and really hard and my period is so erratic mm -hmm. uh sometimes it's a 21 day cycle this month it was a 28 day cycle on the dot I haven't had a 28 day cycle and I don't know how long I've had 15 day cycles kind of, but I kind of hover around that like 20 to 21 anyway they hit me fast and hard it's like last month I had to just smoke some cannabis I took a hot bath, an Epsom salt bath for about 25 minutes, and then I got out, I rubbed CBD cream on my stomach and my back, and I took a nap. That's another excellent point on the cannabis front. Um, first of all, it's very much holistic lifestyle medicine perspective that brings the optimal benefits. So you did multiple self-care things mm -hmm. in that situation. And the other thing is having uh, the synergistic effect of entourage effect whole plant medicine mm -hmm. or a variety of different options where you're 
combining and utilizing the benefits of both THC and CBD together mm-hmm. really are going to bring the best benefits in most cases, not all the time, but in yeah. most situations. Within four hours, I went from excruciating pain where I felt like someone was cutting me open <laughs> in my gut uh, to I woke up from my nap and I'm like, cool, I'm good, good to go. Um, and everybody's better off when women feel better oh God, on their right? cycles and before and after their cycles. And I think, you know, things like even, you know, PMS, we're so used to just labeling things as a, a negative, but, you know, it's just part of our natural feminine process. And if we can work with that in a more loving, healthy way, we're going to feel better throughout the month and the people in our lives are going to have a much better experience as well. So as much as much as we can mm-hmm. nurture ourselves in this busy modern world during that time, the more benefits we're going to see. Yes. So for my male listeners out there, pay attention because this means that it's okay to go out there and buy, you know, gifts of cannabis for your lady, you know? Yeah, maybe a little chocolate and cannabis yeah. or just, uh, when she sends you to the store to pick up the tampons that she needs, you can also stop by the dispensary and pick up something for her that'll help her. That sounds like a <laughs> so great <too>. plan. <laughs> I love a confident man that will go to the store and buy tampons and pads and even pay attention to buy the right ones. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right? A man who Con- can be confident mm-hmm. in his manly- manliness enough to go buy tampons and Right? I mean, it's, there's that's so sexy. much stigma against men buying period products. Which just, I don't yeah. get it. We don't have an issue going to the store and purchasing your underwear for you, your boxers. Um, I, don't I know. think the theme here is just reducing stigmas, not only yes. around sexual health, around cannabis, around female health in general. And in fact, there is a significant lack of clinical studies, of course, with women in medicine in general. Same goes for women with cannabis in medicine. It's mm-hmm. um, it's really sad because there's so much potential there and the studies just haven't been done. Yeah. So we really need to just be mindful of that, that we there is so much potential. It is a little bit of an experiment right now, but if you listen to your body, that's the most important thing. But we also need to be telling our medical professionals that we want to know about this and that it's something that we utilize as a part of our health care and educate them. That's mm-hmm. really what's going on here. It's a grassroots effort to um, have that medical culture begin to really look into cannabis and, and learn the potential benefits, which could help so many people alleviate so much suffering. Yes. I was lucky that my last uh, primary care physician was from Colorado and when I told her right off the bat, I was talking about anxiety and stuff. And I was like, I think maybe I just need something beyond cannabis to help me. And she just kind of looked at me. She's like, by the way, I'm from Colorado. Like, we can talk about anything. Like, no judgment here. I was like, oh, cool. fuck, cool. Thank you. And then, like, told her what I was doing currently. And she's like, maybe just, like, Xanax for situational times where you just need something, like, take the edge off, cool down. Because sometimes you're not going to always be able, right now, especially with Prohibition, you're not going to always be able to partake in cannabis to like cool you down absolutely, or take that edge off. So absolutely. But that was 2015 that I got that bottle of Xanax, 60 pills. I still have five left. So like, it's really just been a situational thing for real. Just take a half, take a half and smoke this joint. You'll be good. It's a perfect. You got to find the perfect balance. Actually, one of my favorite lines from Grace and Frankie season one, do you ever watch that show? <laughs> uh, Brianna, one of the daughters said, that basically her life was just about trying to find the perfect balance of weed, bourbon, and Xanax. I was like, my girl, that's my life. 
<laughs> anyway, but I've slowly removed the bourbon and slowly removed the Xanax Very to just nice. be the cannabis. So, but let's take a quick break. And when we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about this. And you've got some ideas uh, about how plant-based eating can also help your sexual health. So I want to hear more about that. It's time for a quick break. I promise it'll just be a minute, so stay tuned. I'll be right back after a few words that help me get paid. All right, we are back. I'm back with Shelly Fritz, who is a cannabis coach, a health coach. She does all the good things around wellness. And we were talking about how cannabis can help like with postmenopausal women and painful periods, painful sex, stuff like that. So we kind of talked about like the period stuff. Well, let's talk about a little bit how cannabis, CBD, THC, whichever, can help with some of these issues that, that ladies have. And then we could talk about some of the issues it helps with men's sexual health as well. So, um, yeah, painful sex. I actually did a review of a CBD lube that I got as a sample from Pure Romance on an episode a couple weeks ago because uh, I had a before and after experience with a partner. He is well endowed, but I also have some issues um, just certain positions and so like the first time had lots of pain the second time and ever since using it not so much also had clients with vaginismus I talked about in that review who said that using a CBD lube along with their treatments from their pelvic floor therapist and some of the strategies I've given them have helped eliminate pain but what is it about CBD that can help eliminate pain during sex and THC as well for sure they both of those really work with the receptor system and they tend to, especially in the womb, which you want to be careful about, you know, certain like coconut oil based lubricants you don't really want to utilize with condoms and, mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. Um, so you want to be and mindful this one's a of that. Based one. Okay, great. Yeah. So yeah, it's just how it's binding to the receptors. Again, it's our natural endocannabinoid system. CBD doesn't directly bind to the cannabinoid receptors. In fact, they don't even know 100% how CBD is operating in the body, but they are seeing all of these different effects taking place. So it's actually not that uncommon that that is the case. We still don't know how aspirin works, and it's still was basically approved. (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of a similar situation where we're still learning exactly the mechanisms by which it works. Mm -hmm. So I would encourage people to, you know, be very mindful about the products you're selecting and definitely listen to your body and use in conjunction with different things, like you said, uh, different modalities to really bring you to a less painful place. So any, you know, approaching from different angles is going to be the best way to reduce pain during Mm -hmm. sex. Mm Mm-hmm. I want to give a quick shout out to a friend of mine who actually is doing research on the endocannabinoid system. Her name is Ginny Wilkerson, and she's down at uh, University of Florida Gainesville. Um, she used to be in Virginia, but she's got a big grant and has has been doing some amazing research. Uh, and again, she said that, that yes, they don't know entirely how and why these things work. Um, and that's that's what she has set out to do. I really, truly, truly, truly believe that she's going to and her team of researchers are going to be the ones that are going to help show that the opioid industry needs to just be gone because all opioids do is cover your symptoms whereas cannabinoids treat what's going on in your body. I think it's important that we, you know, there's kind of a backlash against opioids now where we're going kind of the opposite end of the spectrum. And there are people, you know, in certain situations that need that medicine Mm -hmm. and ought to have it prescribed 
Um, but one of the things that differentiates cannabis from opioids and other uh, depressants in general is that it doesn't affect the central nervous system in the way that opioids do. Mm -hmm. There's no receptors, cannabinoid receptors in the deep, more reptilian part of the brain. So cannabis isn't going to shut down your your respiratory system mm -hmm. or your basic biological functions in the way that opioids if or alcohol can. Of course, mm -hmm. it's good to be very mindful about not combining cannabis with these things if you're driving. Right. Um, in some cases, opioids and cannabis can go together, and in some cases, they can't. And in some cases, that means less opioids are needed, but that's really something to look at on a case-by-case -case basis with medical professionals as well. But mm -hmm. And um, a cannabis coach. Yeah, and a cannabis <laughs> coach. I definitely provide people information to make informed decisions and take to their medical professionals and help them make sure that they're making the optimal decisions for their well-being. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. So we covered how it helps with painful intercourse. How can CBD THC help women that are postmenopausal? Because a lot of what women are experiencing when they're postmenopausal, and men, you do need to listen to this because you're going to have a partner who's going through this, or you may have one that is, uh, and you need to understand why she's so fucking cranky right now. It's because her vagina is dry as hell. We experience a lot of changes in our, our level of wetness that we can experience during arousal oftentimes. Um, just, we also often carry tension in that area. So if we've been carrying a lifetime of tension and then we hit menopause and then we're pissed off, like it's all just angry. So tell us how it can help what you've seen in some of the research about how it helps with that situation. And well, that's an excellent point. Um, there actually isn't, okay. a, there isn't a lot of research, unfortunately, but what we're seeing anecdotally and otherwise there is that mm -hmm. there's so much potential benefit for cannabis use with menopause. And it seems like the plant is almost designed specifically for menopausal and postmenopausal women in the host of benefits that it can give to someone in that situation. And of course, like you said, a lot of things come up around menopause and cannabis can can address a lot of those simultaneously. All the things you mentioned in some form or fashion, cannabis can help address in many situations. Mm -hmm. Which is incredible because it's something that, you know, modern medicine is having a hard time wrapping its head around when we're looking at this reductionist kind of viewpoint. When if you take a look at like what T. Colin Campbell's doing at out of Cornell, he's Professor Emeritus, pioneering plant based nutrition, but he's also looking at this, you know, paradigm that we've been in with science and medicine about reductionism. And we got to take a more, we benefit highly from taking a more holistic approach to cannabis and understanding it's not just a pill that you take and it has this one thing and then it has these host of side effects. It really has a multitude of effects. It's very contextual, very personalized, very much individual. So it really takes that personal experimentation. But part mm -hmm. of what they are finding is that women have a much lower rate of use of medical cannabis and especially related to their sexual health, menstrual health, mm -hmm. postmenopausal health. And that's one of the populations that can most benefit from cannabis use from everything that we're seeing so far. Mm -hmm. It's something that's really important that women, you know, we take that stigma away that women can have a safe space to openly explore cannabis use and how it can benefit them mm -hmm. to really tailor it to their special needs because everyone is different. Everyone who goes through menopause, every woman going through menopause has a little bit different experience, has a little bit different endocannabinoid system, mm -hmm. has a different experience with cannabis, but it can help with all those things, mental health, physical health, emotional health, sexual health. It's something that just goes beyond 
our current understanding of what we can even conceive of in science. It's mm -hmm. not just a linear, you know, we put one variable in and we get one variable out. It's really working with our whole body and all of our receptors throughout our body in different places. So it's an, it's an incredible um, new horizon for exploration. And I think it really has the potential to change medical culture in a very significant way and mm -hmm. blend all this holistic healing and wisdom that we're bringing to the table with modern medicine. And that's really exciting. Yes. I, I feel there's been a gigantic shift in my lifetime in how people are viewing health and well-being. And, and yes, wellness is, is the, the overarching term that so many of us use, but it really just about, it is about that whole person, holistic view. And like, I've gone to a chiropractor my whole life because my grandpa was a chiropractor. My dad always believed in that. So I kind of had a, a skewed view when I was a child, you know, being more towards that end of holistic health. Um, but now I'm trying to kind of pull them more into the, the cannabis realm. I think that they'll be more open-minded to it once they feel like, there is something about the stigma being removed when it's legalized or decriminalized, you know? Um, so once we're past some of those hurdles, I think it's going to be easier for people to open up their minds to some of the, the possibilities. Absolutely. 100%. And get the exposure that they need. So, well, let's talk now about plant-based eating for sexual health. Now that there is research on, right? Absolutely, uh, yes. The, it's not like there's uh, laws preventing us from being able to do the research. So... I did have a guest on early on in, in my podcast, uh, Jonathan Salter with Evernew Clinics, who was talking about that studies are really coming out and showing that vascular health is one of the you know, really key indicators of your erectile health and then your sexual health functioning. Some of the research that you talked about before the show is kind of uh, related to that. Absolutely. Tell me, tell me more about some of the things that you've you've learned. Yeah, um, plant-based eating is really being shown to be one of the best ways to reverse ED potentially and just increase- ED being erectile Erectile dysfunction, dysfunction absolutely. Mm -hmm. And very much an unspoken um, kind of, again, with the stigmas and everything, women's sexual health as well. Mm -hmm. I definitely point people to watch Mike the Vegan's videos about both erectile health and clitoral health on the topics. Mike the Vegan. Mike the Vegan, it's M-I-C and then the vegan. And he's got some great information that really points to the science and the research that's been done on that specifically. T. Colin Campbell has also, again, pioneered a lot of the plant-based nutrition research. And I would definitely point your listeners to watch a great documentary called Game Changers that just came out. James okay. Cameron actually was one of the producers, or he, he had some involvement with it and a number of other people. Arnold Schwarzenegger, just a lot of brilliant athletes, Olympians, weightlifter record holders, just mm -hmm. in this incredible array of athletes and people that are in this documentary. But in terms of sexual health, they took a few male collegiate athletes and they gave them a meat-based meal. And basically they were just looking at their blood flow and measuring all kinds of different things about their penile function at mm -hmm. night. And so they basically just filmed them at night, measured, recorded their blood flow, all of that. And then the next day, they gave them a plant-based meal and did the exact same thing. And the results were remarkable. They found an increase in blood flow. They found an increase in the frequency and duration of erections. Uh -huh. And it was just, it was incredible to see that in one meal, in one day, there can be that much of a difference mm -hmm. from eating a plant-based meal. So 
Anyway, it's just an incredible opportunity for not only planetary health, personal health, sexual health. It's really a win-win-win for men mm-hmm. and women. Mike the Vegan talks about clitoral sexual health as well as penile sexual health mm-hmm. as it comes to plant-based eating. And basically, the clitoris might even be more susceptible to those blockages mm. in arterial flow than mm-hmm. not more necessarily. It's just a smaller arterial um, passageway. Ah, so, so it's just easier it's, for it to yeah, get Yeah, exactly, exactly. Because mm-hmm. there's more bandwidth in a man for, for that blood flow to happen. And one of the things that we know about erectile dysfunction is that it can often be an indicator of cardiovascular health. So mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a clear warning symptom if somebody has ED that they very well may have some arterial damage or coronary issues mm-hmm. that are that are coming up. And They've also shown that women have more pleasure when they're eating a plant-based diet, and there's anecdotal evidence for that as well. So it's just something that, you know, why not increase our pleasure and our sexual health and well-being and our enjoyment of sexual activity and our health and help the planet by eating, you know, a diet or at least eating more plants. It's kind of like you put the good in and then you have less of the things that are that you don't want. So yes. It's a it's a natural cause and effect of just it's an easy way to increase your sexual health, your pleasure, your well-being, do something good for the world. And I mean, there's no no one loses in that equation. So that's what I always look for is those win win wins. And it's really inspiring to see that people are learning that because I mean, we're all better off when we're happy and yeah. people having good sex lives is an important part of that. It's just yes. being, it's just being human. Yes. It's just natural. So so anyway, it's something I'm really passionate about because I, you know, like all of us want to live in a happy, healthy world. And it's it only goes so far when we limit that to ourselves. But, you know, what we're learning, what science is showing us in general is that what's really good for us and healthy for us is often good for other people. It's good for the planet, too. Mm-hmm. So it's just one of those areas where, you know, it's like, why not just go for it and try it out for yourself and see if you see the benefits? Yes. Yes. I, I, you could see my wheels turning as you were talking, but the listeners obviously can't. But what my mind was going through is like putting two and two together in that I made major shifts in how I eat the last couple of years. Um, I lost 65 pounds and I've kept it off for over two years. That's amazing. Congratulations. It was my second time doing that. But, you know, over the course of my weight loss, I made, you know, changes as far as like slowly eliminating different things. And I love meat. I'll probably never be completely meatless, but I did make a shift to reduce my carbon footprint. So I started trying to make the commitment to at least if I was going to buy meat, I was going to do my best to try and source it locally. So that just reduced how much I was doing because that's more effort and more money. Um, And then I also found I was doing more like cheese and egg, dairy products, things like that, rather than steak or chicken and definitely reduced my pork intake. Except for bacon, I've almost completely cut out pork intake because of the environmental impact. Nice. I grew up on a cattle farm. So let me tell you, like, going to mostly plant-based meals was a big deal for me. It brings up a great point just about our Midwestern culture. I, you know, I grew up eating a crappy standard American diet and Mm -hmm. you know it's not my parents fault I don't blame society but I I did get really sick and it you know made me empowered in my own health I think that's something that's really important you know Mm -hmm. in sexual health cannabis food 
and all these holistic modalities, it's really empowering us to take our health in our own hands, which is a wonderful thing. So yes, our Midwestern culture, we just, we have to be gentle with ourselves and kind of, you know, this approach of all or nothing isn't going to work for a lot of people in the Midwest. And of course, the more plant-based eating we do, the better it is for our health and the better Mm -hmm. it is for the planet. Um, But, you know, anywhere you can start for your own health and well-being, it's always small steps Mm -hmm. and it's always just taking one thing at a time Mm -hmm. and any improvement is going to be beneficial. So it's really just a matter of, you know, being compassionate with ourselves and wanting to have a healthier culture and encouraging people to do that and not having any guilt and shame about, you know, where we, what we've eaten our Mm -hmm. whole lives. That's, that's just not gonna, that's not gonna help people. Well, and I, through making that shift, I was also kind of realizing how much I went from, yes, I was overweight and in an unhappy relationship, but I had no libido. And it, mm. it's it's a combination of factors. Absolutely. I recognize that there was Always not is. just one thing that caused me to not want to have sex. First off was I wanted to punch that fucker in the face so many times a day. Anyway, um, but then I was unhappy with my body and my body image. I was eating like crap. So it was just the whole cycle. And then once I started breaking patterns and loving myself enough to continue to not go back to those patterns and to continue on a path of positive patterns. And that did include shifting my mindset to using cannabis as a medicine. Uh, I started masturbating regularly because I realized that I needed to jumpstart my own libido and that, you know, sex with myself was going to be most important at that point beyond sex with other people, which I did plenty of that. I have had a great streak since I've been divorced. Uh, but then I was, you know, taking care of my health and wellness and doing the things I needed to do to fuel my body in a way that gave it energy. I was eating to live, not living to eat. Fantastic. I think what you said, loving ourselves, being compassionate with ourselves is so important. And we all have the choice to love ourselves and by doing that, we can show up and love other people. And by doing that, we can be truly liberated in yes. all ways. So it's not that it's a have to. It's a we get to choose. We're all human beings with free will. And we have choices each and every day. And that starts with how we relate to ourselves and our well-being. And there's all kinds of science to support that, too, through yes. positive psychology and everything. So it's really just making these things real in our lives as best we can and enjoying the benefits of that. Yeah. I absolutely, absolutely agree. Very good. Okay. Well, Shelly, let's do your tarot reading. I've already shuffled these for you, so if you'll go ahead and cut the deck into three piles for me. We're just going to do a one-card reading. All right. Oh, my gosh. So, you pulled... The four of fire. Describe, and you can go ahead and pick up that card if you like, to tell people what you see on the card. I see a woman who is thoroughly enjoying herself Mm -hmm. and a man who is pleasing her Mm -hmm. thoroughly. That's what I see. Yes. So she's sitting on a desk, and he's uh, performing oral on her, right? Her back is to the, the viewer. You can see his face very clearly. Yes. Yep. She looks like she's enjoying it, right? Absolutely. Looks like maybe it's kind of a clandestine meeting, like like the lights are off. Yep. <laughs> well, the fire suit corresponds to wands, so it's about sense of taste, the creative and passionate sphere. It also controls creativity, desire, and ambition, and their satisfaction. 
it's also that area of our being which seeks the perverse or transgression. So the four is actually about agreement, harmony, and intimacy. It's about Venus and Aries, uh, which is the need to love or manipulate money with authority. Hmm. Is Venus in Aries right now? I think Venus is in Aries. I think so, actually. I haven't been keeping up on my chart. Very lately, interesting. We are in Mercury retrograde as we well. We are. We that. And it's Pisces season, so it's just weird right now. The end of the it month. is, yeah, yeah. We've got lots of cross cross things going on, but good yeah. time to let go and surrender and enjoy yes. the ride of life for sure. Yeah. Well, you talk about surrendering. You know, agreement is being like in harmony. Absolutely. It's just kind of like letting things go. Harmony yeah. is a key word right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the need to love or manipulate money with authority. So, well, you're an entrepreneur. You know, you're building a business, you're needing to get out into the world and talk about these things. And one of the things that you talked about really was about um, keys to a flourishing relationship. So you are going out and talking about love with authority. And, you know, that resonates with me. It's just it's such a time for us all to own our own authority and really make the social change that needs to happen. We do that by being our healthiest selves and honoring ourselves and our own truth. It's just a time to not give that authority away to any institutions or Mm -hmm. historical processes and really just own that for ourselves and own our own sexual vibrancy and empowerment in that and our mental, emotional, physical well-being and just go for it. Yes, I love that. (laughs) Perfect. So that was a good card for you. Yes, that seems very appropriate. Awesome. Uh, I once drew that card for myself just a couple days after I actually went and did that in someone's office. We pretended like I was a client. That card just speaks to people when it needs to speak to people. Very interesting. (laughs) I love the escapades that I've had in life. Sorry, mom and dad, not sorry. (laughs) They know what they're getting into when they listen to this show. As do my listeners. I'm just me. We didn't really get to talk much about like personal life, sex, dating, all that stuff. Um, So I'm just going to put you on the spot here. Tell me about your favorite experience with cannabis in an intimate setting. Very interesting question. I am going to answer that in a rather unique way and say that I don't think I've had my most favorite experience yet. So it's more of an anticipatorily savoring kind of situation. So it's something that by, you know, honoring myself and my femininity, I feel like I'm really at a place where I'm empowered to, you know, enter into a relationship and, you know, have a plant-based lifestyle. And that includes cannabis and really enjoy it. And I Mm -hmm. can't wait to have a, you know, decades long relationship with cannabis and sexuality in a man. So I'm very excited about that. So the best experience is yet to be had. Exactly. Uh, by the way, you can slide into Shelly's DMs if you're um, handsome, single, and like-minded. And plant-based. <laughs> and plant-based, yes. It's important. So you got to, you know, like attracts like. So, you know, putting it out there that that's what you want. You'll Absolutely. find that person that, that wants those things too. And there's lots of them out there. There really are. I had a guy yesterday who's like, well, I want these things. There just aren't that many people out there. I was like, are you kidding me? There's tons of people out there that are like that. You're just focusing on the ones who you're saying, I don't want someone that does these things. So that's all you see. Flip it to say, I want someone that is or does. And then you'll start seeing them. 
Absolutely. And I think it's just such an important time for us to be getting out and meeting people, making new connections and really strengthening this global network of people doing amazing things so that we can create the personal well-being and social change that we all are wanting to see. And we're doing it right now. So keep up the good work, everybody. And that's exactly why I had you here so that people can learn about you and all these things. And yes, we can help make some shifts in the world. Absolutely. I'm also available for healing sessions, both locally in Kansas City at a distance. Um, You know, writing, speaking, teaching is really my MO and healing. So I'm available. If anybody wants help with any of that, please contact me. Perfect. Perfect. Well, this has been an awesome conversation. I'm so glad that we could talk about one of my, well, two of my favorite things in the world, which is sex and cannabis. So yes, thank you. Absolutely. You're so welcome. All right. One more short break. And after that will be the follow-up call that I did with Shelly. Do me a favor. Listen to my ad real quick. It just helps me make a couple of cents off you and it helps support the show in a small way. Shelly and I recorded almost a month and a half or two months ago. So I wanted to do a follow-up call with her because the world has changed since COVID-19 hit and we're pretty much all locked down. So I wanted to invite Shelly back on. So welcome back. Thank you so much for having me, Kristen. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. So I myself have made some pivots to doing online coaching sessions and you have as well. So Tell our listeners about what you're doing now since we can't do in-person sessions. Absolutely. So I am growing my digital healing work, which I had already been doing, but really going to be my primary focus from now on. I've added a 30-minute positive psychology coaching call, which I'm very excited about. Um, Some really great stuff to help people and um, for me as well in this time. And the other thing is the cannabis coaching. Everything's basically digital, and uh, I will be definitely teaching classes both online and in person once I'm able to do that. I also didn't mention this to you, but I am going to definitely be doing some nature-based retreats. Um, I feel called in my heart to put everything into practice that I've learned and studied and and all of that into uh, transformative learning experiences for people in nature. So healing and, and education and, and the like. And then I'm finishing my book, which I'm really excited about. It's been almost a decade in the making. And um, yeah, I'm really, really excited about that. So many things. So many things. Yes. I love it. So many things. Now, you, you just touched base on something that I, I want to expand upon, um, which was your positive psychology coaching, because yes. I don't think you were offering that before. I just came up with that a few weeks ago, and I've already gotten some great feedback from it, and yeah. it helped me immensely. Um, just the, the tools and the information there, just how we work as people and you know permission to be human and really valuing that other people matter is really the core of positive psychology. There's just a plethora of things to work with in that space to, you know, support people's mental, emotional, physical, spiritual well-being wherever they're at, which is a really beautiful thing and something I'm really excited to be offering at this time and uh, very, very grateful. Very good. So for those of you listening who aren't familiar with positive psychology, I want to expand upon it a little bit more so that, um, it might dispel a myth about it because some people listening might think that positive psychology is all about simply taking that negative thought and turning it into a positive one. And then all of a sudden you're going to have this wonderful outlook on life. And that's not exactly what it is, right? Exactly. Exactly. So say you've got somebody who is in a negative um, thought cycle. 
what are some of the things that you coach them on to help move them and help shift them towards a more positive outlook? Sure. And one of the most important things in that is just accepting and honoring and working with where we're at. Positive mm -hmm. psychology is really, as you said, kind of dispelling the myth. It's a little bit of a misnomer. It really probably ought to be called the science of flourishing or thriving or human flourishing or thriving. Ooh, uh, so the, like the goal is wellness. The goal is, is thriving health. And yet, you know, positive psychology works in this model of a you know spectrum of wellness so you know somebody may be really physically ill that doesn't or mentally or emotionally even and that doesn't mean that they can't take a, a step in a direction that's going to give them some growth and some happiness and some healing that can be found you know kind of regardless of uh people's particular conditions so i love positive psychology in that regard because it really um yeah people can get past that initial like oh it's just thinking positive and you know we're gonna just sweep everything yeah. under the rug right right like that at all. No. Um, and you know and it's not about lying to yourself either thing. right it's not about trying to right, convince right. yourself exactly. of a lie it's not because you, you you know that's that's a spiritual bypass you're never gonna mm -hmm. get right we're sure it just doesn't yeah it just really doesn't work um but you know and that can be part of the learning process too so that's totally fine but um you know it as you were asking about the negative thoughts you positive thought kind of thing, you know, it really is honoring where somebody is at. And there's all kinds of tools and practices depending on, you know, what would work well in a particular individual's context, which is really this empowering model of positive psychology and coaching in general is that people have answers within them. And sometimes, you know, we are social creatures. Uh, you know, we're in this situation now, but we do need help and reflection and support from one another. We have mirror neurons, all these things. Mm -hmm. So uh, you know, really looking at using those those tools and that nurturing quality to help move people forward. And um, you know, it it is a science. There's so much there's so much in there um, to use and look at, and it's really exciting. But um, it's it's a it's a process of uh, it's that kaizen approach. You know, that uh, mm -hmm. concept yes. of continuous improvement. So yeah. permission to be human. So you know, it's not about you know. I have to get this perfect. Just do the best you can where you're at. That's good enough. And, you know, that's something I know we were touching on about Brené Brown and Russell Brands, just, you know, permission to be human. You're doing the best you can. Yes. Yes. I would definitely want to talk about their interview here in a second. So like, I definitely do some positive psychology coaching, um, especially when it comes to things like body image. Because mm, when, so important. oh yeah, when my clients come to me and are struggling with their body image, it's not like I can get them to suddenly fall in love with their bodies in just a few short weeks. But what I can do is help them, like you say, accept where they are right now and try to start shifting those thoughts from like a negative place, such as I hate my body. It's disgusting. My partner doesn't like it. I don't want to look in the mirror, those sorts of thoughts to something that's at least more neutral. Absolutely. Um, you know, when I look in the mirror, I do see some things that, you know, my boobs are nice or just trying to give them to make small shifts to accept things like you talked about so that they can over time, that path shifts from negative to neutral to more positive. And it's Absolutely. Okay. And also just side note reminds me of 
just what I see overall needing to really change in our culture is just moving from this punishment orientation to a kindness and compassion orientation. Mm -hmm. And of course, having healthy boundaries as well. But, you know, that starts with us and our own inner dynamic. And we need to be patient and loving with ourselves as we get to those deeper layers of our, you know, our mind body, our subconscious, our pain body to really uh, help heal those things. It's not like, you know, this quick fix, like you said, which our culture really teaches people is the way things ought to be. And so then we can, you know, get down on ourselves when they're yes. not. Innocent. So just really nurturing that very gently, you know, when people are dealing with that kind of stuff, which is perfect, exactly what you just said. I think a big part, you just talked about ought and should. And when we're working mm -hmm. with clients, trying to help them make that shift with, you know, positive psychology coaching, it really is about supporting them and removing that thought process because Th talking about expectations, whether it's your own or your family's or society, judgment, judgment, all that stuff, you know, the, the shame and all that guilt and yeah. all that stuff. Those, all, those things all sort of reside together and we're Absolutely. trying to help people they get tangled. Them. Yes. Very tangled. So removing ought and should is a big part of that process too. Cause that's all about, I mean, like we, we all deserve to, to thrive. Yes. Absolutely. Just, and enjoy life. <laughs> so it, you know, we, we want to change, we want to grow. Um, but when we put all that judgment and anger and negativity in there, which we have an innate negativity bias. So that's, you know, again, it's something mm -hmm. just knowing how we work as people and going, Oh, okay. My tendency is, is going to be to veer towards the negative. So it's just going to take some effort, uh, and mindfulness to course correct that pattern. And if I harp on it too much, then it's just going to strengthen it. So it's, it's just an unraveling process. It's a gentle layered process that is healing work. That is the, you know, positive psychology coaching, all of that, um, really helping people, as you said, just start where they're at, accept where they're at and move forward so that we can, you know, we all deserve, we all deserve to be happy. We all do. Yes, we do. Absolutely. And I, joy, like a deep, a deep joy. There's this yes. book of joy by the Dalai Lama and Desmond Tutu. And they're talking about this abiding, lasting joy. It's not this surface level happiness or fleeting. It's, you know, how can we carry that with us in our beings and radiate that? And that, you know, everybody's got their own journey in that regard, but it's a beautiful thing. Let's all celebrate each other in, in mm -hmm. spirit for the progress we are making because I know everybody is making a valiant effort out there. So keep it up, everybody. Yes. Well, and good segue there talking about books because you just mentioned you know, in this, uh, this beginning of this call that you are working on your book. And I don't think that you mentioned that when we talked. So tell me what your book. No, about. I didn't. Yeah. Thank you so much, Kristen. Um, I, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I was in a little bit of a creative hole. I think I was, a, I think I've been in a big creative valley, so I don't know that I was quite ready to talk about it yet, but yeah. I definitely am now. Um, yeah, it's basically kind of centered around the concept of living nonviolently in the modern world. So how can we really show up and love, you know, be loving and be loving with ourselves and others and build sound global institutions and structures and learn from, you know, our ways that have been off. But mostly it's about doing that inner work, uh, doing the self-purification work that's required to show up in the world. I don't want to say required, but it's part of the process of learning to show up in the world in a loving way bringing our gifts to the table, sharing those. And um, through that, we can really, truly create heaven on earth and do all these beautiful, wonderful things. So uh, a little bit, little bit of, uh, of explanation there. But, you know, I did a deep study of Gandhi. Thank you. I did a, um, a deep study of Gandhi nonviolence last decade. Uh, you know, I basically 
spent all my time in graduate school really preparing for the book and everything and got to do some traveling and study Dr. King's life and Nelson Mandela mm -hmm. and spent almost a month with the Gandhi family, which was absolutely oh, wow. incredible. So I, uh, yeah, it was, I, it, sometimes I, it's one of those things that's like, this, that, that, Did that, that really happened in my life. Um, but really I, I, there's so much in my heart that I want to share from all of that. And I feel like it's kind of my love letter to humanity from my healing journey. I just, I feel very much, uh, if you will, divinely guided to, to write it. And I really, really hope it makes the biggest positive difference in the world. Oh, I love the congratulations on feeling focused and, and ready to, to put that out there. And yeah. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. And that's, that's and I, what they say about writing books. I think, you know, people say different things about, you know, writers and their struggles and, and all of that. And it's not an ease. I'm learning. I have so much respect for creative people because I am learning my own creative process with this, which mm -hmm. obviously is so tied with our sexual energy as well. Creativity and sexuality, second chakra, mm -hmm. all that good stuff. Um, but it's, yeah, it takes courage. And I, I honor yeah. and respect people for sharing. Yes. Like Brene Brown talks about, you got to stop living your life small and put yourself out there when you have something to share. So that was something she's it, brilliant. She is brilliant. And we talked in our you know pre-conversation before we started the recording about a recent interview between Russell Brand and Brene Brown. And yes. I love that interview. It was a wonderful interview. It was so good. I'll have it in the show notes. A link to the show note in the show notes, I should say. Um, but a lot of what we talked about today are some of the things that they they covered. And, and, and so I think it's a message that a lot of people need to hear right now that there's people out there right now who are being highly, highly creative and that's okay. And then there's other people out there who aren't doing a thing because they can barely get out of bed. And honestly, that's okay too. And anything in between. So I want to talk a little bit about that interview. Yeah. It, yes. I love that interview so much. Um, it's called Are People Doing the Best They Can? There's a clip of, of the interview. I think the interview is quite extended, but I found that clip and I love it so much. It talks about how the most compassionate people have the best boundaries, mm -hmm. uh, which is just such an important concept for so many reasons. But yeah, I, I just love that, you know, doing in this time of self-reflection for so many of us. It's really important to realize that, you know, we have been doing the best we can, let ourselves off the hook and just understand everybody else has been in that space too. And really find that compassion and that open heartedness right now, I feel like is one of the big, big lessons in all of this. So yeah, absolutely love, love that interview and Brené Brown's work. Fantastic. Yeah. I think all of us need a little more self-compassion right now and that self-compassion spills over to what we can give to others. And that really is this, you know, and we're talking about positive psychology, this concept of Kaizen, that Japanese concept of continuous improvement. It's not, you know, Marie Forleo talks about it. Not, it's not about perfection. It's progress, not perfection, right? Yes. Progress, um, not perfection is a motto yes, I have used for yes, over a decade. Yes. So, you know, self-care, self-compassion, self-awareness. That's this model that we work with, with positive psychology. So, you know, we have compassion for ourselves. We become more self-aware and then we're able to continue to move forward and uh, just be the best that we can be in any given moment. We're all doing the best we can. You know, I've had my days lately where I, which I don't remember the last time that this was the case, but, you know, I could barely get out of bed. I needed to do deep 
deep healing work with myself and then, you know, and then I'll pop up and I'm ready to be creative. It's a time we're all getting used to, you know, our new rhythms and um, we're going through a huge shift in so many ways as humanity right now. So um, it's a process. It's a one day at a time. Be kind and gentle with yourself. Take baths, do those nurturing Mm -hmm. things when you need to. And uh, yeah, take good care. Love yourself. Absolutely. Yeah, I've I've had some of my moments where I wasn't quite, um, I don't know, maybe I was being hard on myself and then that spilled over on to others. And I don't know. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That'll happen. I'm, and I'm, you know, it's we learn. We learn that way. Yeah. So I, I have mild OCD. And so like through part of this early process with COVID and everyone talking about washing your hands for 20 seconds and not touching your face and thinking about cross-contamination. Like, yo, this is just my life. This is what I've been dealing with for the better part of 25 years because it really started to manifest in high school. Um, Mm -hmm. And friends have even seen me wash my hands before and they're like, you seem to have a process. I'm like, "Mm -hmm." (laughs) mm-hmm, 25 to 30 seconds or so. Um, But I, I had a friend who was a little freaking out and I didn't do my part in giving her some grace and understanding and compassion. And I came across as way too bossy and just trying to like tell her what to do when I was more trying to say, Hey, you're going to be okay. I promise you're going to be okay if you do these things. And it just came across like where my Capricorn comes out sometimes. I help Peter, but he goes to the dark side and comes across as being bossy. I wasn't giving her what she needed. I didn't ask questions and I didn't meet her where she was at. Then we, you know, had conflict and even in trying to resolve it, it was a struggle. We're still not quite resolved. She's still upset and I still am sorry for the way I came across. But, you know, I think a lot of people are going to go through some of these things right now where people that they love and them aren't quite, you know, on the same page. And we've got to just take that step back and give ourselves some grace so we can give it to others. Like we've talked about meet them where they are. Absolutely, we do. And yeah, it just reminds me of that kind of, you know, we're all diamonds rubbing up against each other. So, you know, <laughs> we're, we're all getting all of our stuff's getting stirred up right now in a big, big way. You know, we're talking about pain body and all of that. And that's where those concepts like detachment come in, not that we're detaching in cruelty or anger exactly. or malice or anything. And sometimes we need that self-reflection time and sometimes it's minor stuff. And then, you know, it's like, oh, okay, well, yeah, let me, let me do exactly what you did, reflect on it, reframe, um, you know, and that can be happening. I know for me, it's happening on these deep, you know, deep, old karmic relationship things that I'm really coming to total peace with and understanding and and some really deep stuff's happening. Uh, but we need to give ourselves that space that's getting into the feminine more, right? So we're, you know, our society has been so hyper masculinized. And that's not to say it's men's fault or anybody's fault. It's just, we, we've just gone through it. So um, it's, it's just time to come back into balance. And sometimes that means listening to what's going on at these deeper levels, emotionally, mentally, and it can be hard when you're feeling alone. You want to, you know, reach out to people, which please do reach out to people. Absolutely. Even if you're feeling like you're not totally at your best and you're not perfect, don't let that be a barrier to reaching out just a kind, a kind word to someone. Um, but yeah, just taking that time to be graceful, not letting yourself get too sunk into a hole. If you need to take that time of reflection, just remember, come back through, come out of it, um, engage with people, but do give yourself that space. If, if you need that time for reflection, I know I have. 
uh, and it's been incredibly healing for me. So I'm I'm grateful for that. Uh, you know, it's a hard time. I understand that for for a lot of people. And I've been doing this work for a long time, and it's still been challenging. So uh, just honor and respect where you're at. Yes. Yes. So it's okay to be creative right now. It's okay to also be putting yourself out there and channeling your energy and offering your help, your services, your art, your skill, whatever it is to the world right now, because whatever you're going through, just do your thing, be yourself. And it's okay. Reach out if you need help. Another thing. If you're feeling really isolated and down and sad, like, I'm not saying that that's okay. I'm saying it is okay to not feel like you want to do anything other than watch Netflix for a day, or you don't want to shower, or you want to lay in bed and read books all day. But if it's there, it's only a problem when it becomes a problem for you, right? With all things. That's where Absolutely. That's it, Ayurvedic, like everything is contextualized. Yes. So it's like, what is the given context to anything? And just everybody with everything in life, I just think it's an important lesson. People have different responses yes. to everything. So for people who are more empathetic or highly sensitive and who might be picking up on a lot of this more so, it's not about mirror matching the emotions of the collective or other people. Like you're not bad or wrong for feeling good or you're not bad or wrong for right. not feeling good. Like exactly what you're saying, Kristen. It's like wherever you're feeling is totally your experience. Honor it. Respect it. Of course, it's important to be mindful of of other people, but that by no means do you need to alter how you're really truly feeling about things to accommodate anyone else. It's about finding that middle ground and um, take that time to listen to yourself. That's you know we all need to do that right now. Um, do it in whatever healthy ways are you know best for you in your given situation. Yes. yes. I I guess the biggest thing I want people to take away from that is don't feel guilty for not being productive right now. There's a difference exactly. between feeling guilty for not doing things that you think you should, because again, we want you to remove that should and being depressed, anxious, sad, like those, those things, that's, that's when you start needing support. And it can be hard. You know, I spent most, honestly, I spent most of my mm-hmm. life alone. Um, you know, I grew up um, as an only child Same. and all, the, all this, you know, and I've been on, I've been living on my own. Nice. So I've been in graduate school, which is very isolating. There's a lot that could be done with mental health and education and all that, of course. But um, it's kind of strange for me because I actually feel like I've kind of been living this way already. And now everybody else kind uh-huh. of kind of there, too. But um, I know for me, I can be like, oh, you know, I didn't feel like I showed up in the best way, let me go in and reflect on that. And sometimes we can get into these, you know, dark places or go really far out. And we do need to come mm-hmm. back to center. We do need to reach out to other people. It's important. So, um, so yeah, do that. Exactly what you're saying, Kristen, do that deep inner work. But also, you know, there are fine lines there. And sometimes, you know, just, okay, I hit my, you know, my limit on this, I need to, to change it up a little bit and redirect or reach out yeah. to somebody. Absolutely. Shelly, I am so glad we got this chance to do a follow-up call because I think that right now what we talked about in this last, you know, 20 or so minutes is all really important stuff for people to hear right now as they're in, you know, self-isolation or physically distancing themselves. So how can people get a hold of you, especially if they want to do some healing sessions and coaching sessions, things like that? Yeah, I agree, Kristen. Thank you so much. I personally feel better, you know, engaging with all this, talking to you. Um, my heart goes out to everybody. I know it's a challenging time mm-hmm. for everyone right now uh, in our in our own ways, but, you know, we're going to get through this for sure, and we're going to yeah. get through it together better. 
Um, and thank you for asking. I People are welcome to go to my website. It's uh, www.shellyfritz, that's S-H-E-L-L-E-Y-F-R-I-T-Z, healing.com. And you can go to my contact page there. Um, also, same thing, shellyfritzhealing at gmail.com is my email. Uh, phone number is 913-235-1260. And please feel free to reach out to me. I'm here for, I really feel like I've been prepared for this time. And I want to show up and be a healthy healthy influence in the world because I know how difficult isolating can be. I know, you know, I used to be on immunosuppressant drugs. So, you know, I, I understand this is a really challenging time for a lot of people, for all of us, really. So I just want to do my part. And I appreciate the opportunity to connect with your audience. Absolutely. Thank you so much again for being a guest on Keep Them Coming. I really appreciate everything we talked about in the original segment of our interview. And again, I'm so glad we got to do this follow-up call today. Thank you, Kristen. Me too. And I hope you Thank have a you, beautiful you day. Thank you as well. All my best to you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Keep Them Coming with Open the Doors Coaching. Please rate, subscribe, and share this podcast and check the show notes for stuff we discussed in the episode. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, but visit my website if you want more information about me and my coaching services. You can join my not safe for work email list called the Dirty Bird if you want more content about sex and relationships. You can support said content, like my work with this podcast and other forms of media, by visiting listener support with Anchor FM or visit patreon.com to become one of my patrons. Again, check the show notes. I have links for you there. My theme song is original music by M. Kusa. Until next time.